What's going on? Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 204. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. Tyler, welcome. Um, NBA season is finally, uh, I mean, to the casual fans, is getting good. Uh, to us who really love NBA, we love it all season long, but a lot of people who don't love the NBA or, you know, just want to watch the really exciting games and stuff love this time of the year because now every game matters to the playoffs Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of teams are racing to the playoffs a lot of teams want to get higher seeds and so many um, things could change so many things change yes we could have an entirely different picture uh in in a week or two yeah exactly and then now after trades have happened everyone wants to see the new um super teams that have been put together or been torn apart at least whatever mm-hmm. um it is that time of the year fun time of the year march madness is coming in ncaa and nba has their own little form of march madness uh playing for seating so we have to start with the dallas mavericks who since they've traded and gotten kyrie are two and four, I believe. Is that correct? That wasn't their first win uh, yesterday? Uh, maybe it was their first win. One and four? Yeah, I yeah. think that's it. No, I feel like they won one where one of them was out. Didn't Kyrie win one without Luka? I think, yeah, yeah, Luka? he did. The first game, yeah, so since- first when he first got there, the first game he played, Luka didn't play. Right, and they won that. Mm-hmm. And then they... Since they've been on the court at the same time, this is the first win. So, yeah, yeah, so it's two and four since Kyrie got there, but first win as a duo. And it took how many points? 82 points. 82 points they combined for. And it was still a really close game. Still basically came down to the wire. I really don't count it as like a close game. I count it as Dallas being really sloppy. Yeah. Because they really did dominate, you know, like they looked much more dynamic offensively. Their spacing was just night and day better. Uh, For a quarter, they dominated. I mean, obviously, they had the two best players on the court, you know, 90% of the night. Yeah, they did. did. Uh, The whole night. The whole night. And and to their credit, like I know it doesn't look like they had, you know, 80 points on the two stars. But the other guys did shoot the ball well. Mm-hmm. And that's the luck really, shot well. Yeah, that's really Hardly all they need. Well. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Uh, do you, when you say that's all they need in the playoffs, do you think they'll need someone else to be a consistent scorer, or do you think they just need the combined consistent effort from all the shooters they have? I think that's something that a lot of people have been talking about. The media has been talking about. Even the team has been questioning, are they going to yeah. have a third guy to contribute every night that they know what they're going to get out of? Because Hardaway, Bullock, whoever would have all been these, you know, almost X factors for them yeah. down the line. My thing is with them, like, offensively, I know they're going to be hot and cold. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and they were that last year. You know, they the first round, they kind of exposed uh, mismatches. Uh, but a lot of why they won was they shot the ball well. I mean, the Phoenix, mm-hmm. the four games they won, they just shot lights out. Yeah. Uh, and even the Golden State game they won, they shot lights out. Right. So what's weird to me is Dallas really hasn't changed at all. Yeah, it's just another guy that's... Like, Christian Wood got there. He didn't change them at all. He was just kind of more of what they already had, maybe a little more scoring as a big. But it's Mm -hmm. not, like, consistent enough that it makes a a reliable, meaningful impact. Right. And And now, like, you made this big trade for Kyrie. I've been hyping up Finney Smith as one of their most important players you know, for the last year and a half, clear, yeah. their defense got much worse without him, obviously. Yeah. And and that's that's where they're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Because now there's more pressure on those role players to, to shoot the ball well. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of disappointing. And, and I look at Kyrie as the source of that. I, I would say both of them is is the source of that. And I think that for me, one big issue is that their role players don't get any shots other than threes or corner threes. That's why like, they're like, like this. Like they they shoot teams out the gym and then they look awful. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is they have guys like Hardaway, like Wood, who have really nice mid range games, who have um who can go to the basket pretty well. They have Powell, who's a pretty good screen setter. But, you know, how often does Luca hit the roller on the pick and roll? It's really not really a pick and roll. It's really just a it's a pseudo screen for the uh for the mismatch for the yeah. switch. And then Powell just gets out the way. I, I think that if they don't find a game where they can mix up shots other than right hand layups or kickouts, <clears throat> like I I, I just think they'll be too predictable for like the really good teams for seven games. You could be any team two games mm-hmm. like this, um, mm-hmm. like how they play every night. But once we get into seven games at, you know, they will probably won't have home court. They could, but they may not. So if they don't have home court, you're coming to another gym three times. You, you know, I don't know. Well, four times, maybe. I don't know. Um, if they'll have enough to come against a game plan, a good team is game planning against them every night. Um, like I said, it's really only, like I said, it's only right-hand layups or kick-out threes. That's it. Even for Kyrie, I thought Kyrie would come and they, they would start playing on both sides of the floor. No, it's still a screen to get Kyrie to the right hand and get out of the way, and Kyrie goes and gets a right-hand layup. And to be honest, and I look at Kyrie as the source because, it, like, Dallas not changing proves that his impact is not as good as people consider him to be. Mm-hmm. Like, for, for all the people that. for all the people that are like, oh, he's right there with Steph for the, you know, top two guards as far as talent. Yeah. As far as impact goes, I'm not sure he's in the top ten. Right. I mean, point. To me, Brunson, 
is now doubled, doubling down on the fact that he has more impact on whatever situation he's in. That's that's a fact. And I'm not saying obviously that Brunson is better, but then when he had the exact same level of impact that Kyrie's having. Yeah. And that's where to me I'm confused. Like you made this trade, you downgraded defensively, yet you're not changing in any way. Now the funny thing is, what I was just mentioning, Dinwiddie made them play on both sides of the court because Dinwiddie would just go get any shot. Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie would take the mid-range jumper from the left side of the court. He would go left. He'd find he'd get to spots that Luka never got to. But now it's like it looks like Kyrie just does literally exactly what Luka does on the court. And to your impact point, and we should have we should have known this, and you and I. You know, as not Kyrie haters, but Kyrie truthers, I should say. I'm a certified Kyrie hater. I got okay. no problem with that. We've noticed over the past years, okay, he leaves Cleveland. Cleveland still goes to the finals. He leaves Boston. They go to the Boston finals. still goes to the Eastern Conference finals. They went to the Eastern Conference with him. They went to the Eastern Conference finals without him. Then they went to the finals. Brooklyn got no further than they were. First round, they went to the first. Didn't they go to the second round with D'Angelo Russell? No, no, no. They yeah. lost first round. First round. So they went to the first round. I think Philly maybe. Went to Philly the, took them out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, barely any further than that. And <laughs> he's the guy who comes and is supposed to make a difference and show oh. you have a good a new season. Like, if there's a single shot that's overvalued a player's reputation – it's uh-huh. Kyrie's game seven shot on Steph. If there's a single shot that what? Say it like again? it overvalued his, again, oh. people look at Kyrie as a winning player almost exclusively because of that shot. Yeah, because he's clutch sometimes. Yeah, like, and yeah. he he's like, obviously he looks good in ISOs and stuff. His skills are, like, beautiful. But yeah. his impact is not as significant as obviously the top five to ten guards in the league. No, it's not. It's not. So I, I, I'm, I worry about Dallas again. They beat Phoenix last year, seven games, seven blowouts. Mm-hmm. I fully envision that happening. Whoever they face in the first round, it'll be. Seven blowouts. Now, you know, I'm not sure if they if they face, you know, Sacramento, it might be six blowouts and they're going home. Yeah. And I mean, Sacramento, Sacramento is up for that. Like they they want to play like that. Yeah. And they're better at it. If you're not going to play defense against Sacramento, you're You're done. You're done. Also, if you're not going to play inside against Sacramento, you're just going to let Sabonis chill in there, get as many rebounds as he wants, you know, get as many blocks as he wants, and score as much as he wants inside. It's a wrap. You can't beat. Yeah. Them. You can't beat them. Yeah. And I'm not a big Sabonis fan, but if there's one thing I know, Sabonis, you have to be active inside. You can't let Sabonis chill I know. on possessions at all, because he'll use all his energy. To, I know. to dominate everybody. And, like, Powell tries. Like, there'll be occasional stretches where Powell, like, has a good impact. He's just, like, small. Yeah. And Kleber's just not, like, really that physical or that skilled. 
No, he's not skilled. No. Clever just plays on pure IQ. And it's and that it's and really that not win, even that crazy. That win last night, that was you're not facing a coach that dumb in the Western Conference. No. To allow to allow two star players to score from the same spot over and over again. Who in the West is dumb enough to allow that? I just, I honestly, like, the more the more I look back on this game, the more I'm like, Dallas, this is fluke. Like, you, there's nothing positive to really take away from this. We knew, we knew Kyrie and Luka could get 40. That, that doesn't shock anyone. No, it doesn't. But the problem is yeah. Dallas looks significantly more beatable. Right. And, and and that's the big thing. And plus, we're talking about Philly who they beat, who have a lot of guards that are too small to guard Luca and yeah. Kyrie. Um, they're somewhat immature when it comes to like defensive assignments. And and when I say that, I mean like Melton's been in the league for a long time. Maxie's not really immature anymore. Not not really, but. Neither of them have ever been like assigned to the best player on the other team ever, like not once in their career. So, you know, and Harden obviously is never assigned to the best player in the gym. So, mm-hmm. it was a bad matchup for Philly, no matter what. Um, I mean, Philly. Look, there's. We'll probably talk about Philly later, so I'll save that. Uh, but there's a lot. Lots of that was just, yeah. That, that was a fluke win. That was a loss for both teams, honestly. I agree. There's so many Dallas, bad things. Dallas really doesn't want to get on the bottom side of the of the playoff picture in the West. They, to me, I would I would f- fight like hell to get out of that play in if I could. Yeah, they get in that play in. Oh, you not going to take guard anybody. Game. You don't guard anybody. You, you you match up with Anthony Edwards. What's going to happen if he's feeling it that day? Yo, if the Jazz are feeling it that day, they're getting them out of here. Yeah. The Jazz just have so much firepower. The Jazz are the same. So like, they're the lesser version of the Kings. They also want to get in a shootout. And maybe they're not better than Dallas, but they're just as good. You you think Sexton's going to let Tyree and Luka just dance on them all night? Yeah. Absolutely not. Lucas Luca abuses small guards. He's I don't care how physical, how tough he is, he will get abused. No, don't get me wrong. Lucas still gonna get his, but it's not it'll be a lot less easy as it is for Harden. Harden yeah. just stands there for two seconds, you make a move, all right, you got it. Yeah. Sexton would be in his jock a little bit, following him around screens, poking him in the stomach, something like that. It always makes weird. it a little harder. I guess another point about Dallas, but like you mentioned, they won the game that Kyrie played without Luca. Mm-hmm. Like the way he played, he hasn't really played like that at all. With he hasn't Luka there. at all. He hasn't at all. He was really playing the two. Back then. Yeah. And now he's yeah. like, everything is with the ball. And I'm just like, this is why I was so excited when we talked about it after the first game. I'm like, dude, Kyrie's playing exactly like I want him to play with Luca. Yeah. And he just stopped all of it. And this also is another thing that I mentioned this a lot on the pod, but 
people underestimate how much LeBron plays point on his teams. Like people really believe that Kyrie was playing point guard. Yeah. On that Cavs team, Kyrie was just he just brought the ball court, handed it to LeBron, and then Got ran buckets. to play. Like it was never, it was no floor generalship from Kyrie with LeBron James. And people always think, oh, LeBron needs a point guard. He has success with Kyrie. But LeBron was always the floor general. He's been the floor general his entire career. And none of his point guards are considered good point guards. Mo Williams, Mario Chalmers, you know, name the good point guard he played with. And what's crazy is that the previous guys play like Kyrie. Yeah. It's not like he, like, Luca wasn't playing with Chris Paul and, you know, Steve Nash before. He was playing with yeah. Jalen Brunson, who's a volume shooter, and Dinwiddie, yeah. who's a, a, not as smart of a volume shooter. Yeah. And they were eating together. Yeah. So that, that got him like same spot every year. Same spot. The same. That's yeah. why to me, I'll be honest with you. If we're doing like an all NBA draft and I need a point guard to win a championship, I'll take Brunson over Kyrie Irving any day. <laughs> and I know that's a ludicrous hot take. I'm mad at it. Because I mean, hypothetically, I mean, hypothetically Brunson, but this guy is I pick over Kyrie for sure. Because hypothetically, Donovan's way better than Brunson too, and Brunson was eating him alive last year. I'd rather have Donovan at the point than have Kyrie 100%. at the point. And it, Donovan never actually, you know, they never consider him a point guard. But again, he's floor general all the time. Yeah. So we see, we see what it is. But anyway, Dallas, you got to get out that plan, and I do not want to get on that bottom seat. If I'm playing in Memphis, the first two games. It's tough, man. Yeah. Tough because neither of those guys can check job. I mean, may, maybe they get theirs, but I'd rather, uh, you know, Jaw creates for other guys on the team more. Um, he's way more aggressive than they are. So it's that would be a fun series, though, if, that, if it did happen. I think Dallas will be a fun series literally every series they play. Yeah. They Dallas will. will be a fun – I hope they play two playing games if they if they're in it. Yeah. Just because it'll be yeah. so exciting and so much firepower. The playing should really be um, competitive this year in oh, the West. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. Everyone's so close. So close to. I wonder to being if they'll ever. I know this is kind of wild, but like they could make it a best of three, which would be just crazy. If you really kind of make it like a mini playoff uh, tournament to get in. Yeah, that that would be they, it'd be kind of wild because the the other teams get like a crazy break at that point. But yeah, but uh, if the if they had less games in the regular season, they could do that. Mm, but you can't add like four games to already yeah. eighty. Yeah. yeah, but if they did like the sixty six games or whatever they said before was the option, I would definitely do that. That would make that would make sense to me mm-hmm. because um, less games, less room for error. So you like. Yeah, it would make it would make sense to have a more um, competitive way to get into the playoffs. I still personally really hate that the seventh seed is in the play-in. I feel like if you got to the seventh seed, like you you earned it. But you know, it is what it is. They got to do the what three games, right? Best of is three games. Is the bottom it's, team plays two? No, seven plays eight to get in. Winner gets right, in, and then, 10, and then loser and gets 10, another chance. 
right to play the nine and ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so two games really. Which I really like that. I really like that format. I do like that too. I do. Um. Okay. Uh, another team in the West super team that has been created is obviously the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun. Um, played his first game against Charlotte. They beat the crap out of Charlotte. Uh, no surprise that they beat Charlotte, but did you get to see any of how mm-hmm. Durant looked with them? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, what is it to say? Like, there was no surprise at all. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't any surprises. Phoenix, you, you know, the Phoenix funny thing passes the ball well. That's why KD wanted to go there so bad. Yeah. The thing is, KD. Easy it would be. KD is a big is <laughs> other aside from the fact that he likes to be you know on. He he's always been on a super team. Let's just like be honest. Every team he's been on has been a super team. So aside from that. KD's a lot different from a lot of other superstars because he really isn't a ball dominant player. Mm-hmm. Like he can score one on one, but his best, the games where he has his biggest explosions and probably the games where he looks more um, like an all time great are the games when he is coming off screens and he's playing off the ball and he's not taking a lot of dribbles and he's just a knockdown shooter that is the best player on the team. And with Phoenix, that's already what they do with their best player. So it looked like they were just running the same plays that Booker runs just with yep. Durant running him. Yep. Or they run the, the plays that have an option on both sides of the court, and one of them is Booker and one of them is Durant. It's just – it's an easy fit. He kind of just becomes another role player that makes a higher percentage of shots than anybody else on the team. And – um that's probably where he's comfortable and that's where he probably is most effective. Uh, but what do you think this does for the team? Like how much scarier does that make them? How much uh, I mean, yeah, they're, more competitive? I mean, yeah, they're, they're toe to toe with Denver for the best team in the conference. Yeah. Uh, their only problem is going to be, can their starting lineup not get in foul trouble? Yeah. Cause if they yeah, don't have, they if they could go seven, eight D yeah, obviously. But if they could go seven, eight deep throughout the playoffs, yeah, what's the excuse? I I really don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, like this this yeah. is a flawless lineup now with KD in it. It was already a really good lineup. It just certain guys were not playing up to standard. KD could pick all that up now. Now it's fine. Yeah, I I think that for me it's going to be. How in, how consistent can the number two on the team be that night? Or whether it's CP or Booker, you know, people have Booker much higher than CP. I don't, maybe this year, but I don't consider like Booker that much far behind CP when it comes to being like who would be the second option on this team. I mean, not that far in front of CP, um, but whether CP or Booker, night in night out, is that second person going to be consistent enough for Durant to stay in that um, elite role player, accelerated role player spot, or else um, we kind of get what we had in in, uh, Brooklyn, where it was like 
okay, Kyrie, you're not playing good. Now I got to go play hero ball and try to get 50 every night in the playoffs, and it just doesn't work. It's just, you know, there's only been like one or two players ever that have been able to just completely carry their team offensively in the playoffs. Yeah. And Durant just isn't. He's not good enough, no. He's not good enough, and Phoenix's defense probably won't be good enough because they traded their three best defenders. So that'll be the other thing. If if they had the defense, they had they had Bridges and Crowder and Cam Johnson, then maybe he could get away with that because they'd be able to get stops. But you know, I, Terrence Ross and Josh Okogi guarding the best player on the team, not not rolling. With that, Again, if you're going beyond eight in the playoffs, um, I'm iffy on who that ninth guy is. Yeah, that's their that would be their seven, right? Who's who else they bring in off the bench? I mean, they got to bring a big, they'll probably bring the white dude, uh, number 11, Jock. I think so, yeah, Jock Landell, yeah. <laughs> And Tory Craig, too. Tory Craig's a decent yeah, defender, but he's, he's solid. Yeah, but um, that's the other thing. Can Booker not shoot bad? Can he take good shots? Can CP stay involved, stay a threat for Durant to not have to go hero mode for them to win? Then they got a shot. But I'm looking at the other Western teams. There's no none of those other teams can Durant go hero mode and win four games. Yeah, like it's good teams. So especially you got teams like the Clippers, you know. Um, and I'm only talking about defensively. You got te- um, the Pelicans, you got Denver, you got Memphis, you got teams that are not going to let just, uh, you know, if, if it's going to be Durant, it's only going to be Durant. It's not going to be a everyone getting 40 kind of thing. Yeah. So, you also, you like a team like Sacramento, you just, you're not going to keep up. Right. Exactly. Because they're not going to stop scoring. At right. All. They're not going to stop themselves. Uh, it will be interesting. I again another team that will be a fun series, interesting series, no matter who they play. And uh, West is going to be a fun playoff to watch. If if KD's healthy though, if KD and Aiton are healthy, yeah, they're they're co- they're probably coming out of the West. They got a really really good shot on paper. They're by far the best team in the in the West yes. on paper. On paper. Yep. But what if there's a scenario where they CPM could play exactly how they did in that Dallas game seven and and like it's up then, to Durant to win the rest of the game? Then the CP curse is so real. Uh, like uh, I got to start believing in the supernatural at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's possible. But that, and that's the thing. Man. That's what scares me about it. I mean, I still think I still think they can legitimately get outplayed by Denver. But yeah. Be, besides Denver, like I don't, I I don't picture the four games that they get outplayed. You know what I mean by any other team. I'll say Denver and Golden State. I still think Golden State <clears throat> outplaying. Mm. It would be a lot, but it's possible. The uh, oh, Golden State beating KD in the playoffs is just. I need that. You, you think Draymond? I need Draymond that. will have the best series of his life in that series. I need that. 
It'll be the best series he's ever had in his entire career. Hey, hey so Paul, that, Paul might Paul might go to work too, to be honest. Paul will go to work, you know, battle of him and Booker. Paul's gonna get the best of that. And and Wiggins will be back. Hopefully Wiggins will be back. But so, you know, Wiggins on Durant. I like that. I like that for Wiggins. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously Durant is gonna score more points than Wiggins and give Wiggins buckets, but that's I like when Wiggins matches up to the best player on the other team. I think he plays his best when he does that. That's what I mean. Not that he he's not gonna outplay Durant, but he rises to occasion when he has to play against somebody that everybody knows is better than him. Um, I think he's just a competitor that way. Uh, who else in the West we gotta talk about? Memphis? Anything? No, they're about they're about what they've you know what I expect them to be. They haven't really surprised. Yeah, they've been about even. Uh, we could talk about Portland. Yeah, Portland. Three and seven. Three and seven in the last ten. Damian's been averaging forty-one points a game in those in those ten games. At the moment, they are Damian. under the Los Angeles Lakers in the standings. Yeah, half a game under. A game and a half under the play-in, which is the tenth seed. Um, Nurkic has been out. They've had a lot of injuries. Simon's just got back this last game. He's been out for a few games. Um, a couple other guys have been kind of in and out. Uh, but Nurkic is the only one that's missed like a lot of time. I believe Shaden Sharp has been in and out. They had another wing that was in and out, but. So far, I mean, Matisse Diablo has looked great for them. Cam Reddish has looked great for them. Really, really solid um, pickups with the trades, but they're both young and they're both role guys. So, that, you know, neither of them are expected to come and shake up the whole roster. But how um, many fucking role players over the years have we looked at in Portland and said, oh, he looks good? Yeah, a lot. Everyone. I I've said that Mario about Al Farouk. even looks good out there. Hizonia, Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless. Where the fuck is Mo Harkless right now? At home. At home. On a podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, yeah. they've had so many guys look great. The problem yeah. is, I'll give you a great comparison for them, and I'm not sure why I've seen this team so much this year. But they're the Chicago mm-hmm. of the West. Yeah. Now, you obviously can't With compare DeRozan and Levine to Portland. The backcourts yeah. are clearly different. The two, the two best players are different. Yeah, but and Chicago has more talent overall, yeah. I would say. Yes. Yeah. But the play style is exactly the same. Yeah, it is. It's You play like Sacramento, even though your defense is atrocious. You're not that athletic in the positions you need to be athletic to play fast, like a big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, your spacing is is good enough to to take jump shots the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like there's no there's no concerted effort. Hey guys, you notice every one of us is driving and kicking out for a jump shot. Like that, yeah. you got to be able to get layups to consistently win games, especially if your defense sucks. 
And the worst part is the only one who gets layups is the shortest guy on the roster and is their best player. That's, exactly. You know, that's not going to work. Exactly. Levine, Levine went off the other day. Bro, it was like all off the perimeter. He barely got to the line. Yeah. It was all like Kobe Bryant shots. Yeah. It was nice though, but yeah, it was Yeah, it's super tough. Yeah. And and I'm looking at like Dame is Dame has been just obliterating the league. Yep. And it's had no impact. No, it hasn't. Why why is Jeremy Grant the most athletic wing I I might have ever seen in the last 10 years other than LeBron and he has no impact. I know. And he's taking way more jump shots than he is layups. And he used Same to be like Levine. a lob threat. Like, bro, you are such an elite athlete. Why the hell are you taking threes all day? Anthony Simons won the dunk contest. I haven't seen him dunk since. Floater, floater, floater. What the hell? Can we get to the yeah. line? Yeah. Jaden Sharp gets dunks. But, that, you know, that's because he is a freak. Right. He's the only one that goes to the rack with any aggression on the whole roster. I mean, and and it's it's like an embarrassment on the organization that Nurkic gets hurt and you have Drew Eubanks starting? Drew, yeah. how long has he started now? It's been a while. It's like, been a while. Two months, maybe. And I guarantee you they're going in that locker room at halftime like – Let's uh how do we make the defensive adjustment? You, you can't make defensive adjustments if you got bombs playing big man. Yeah. Like I don't even Nurkic is at least average. He's not a yeah. bomb. I mean I I'm maybe I think a little differently cuz I just don't like his decision making. But skill-wise he's obviously not a bomb. Right. Skill-wise he has skills. Sure. Bro, Drew Eubanks? You're kidding. He's basically just a hack, a hack machine. <laughs> He's awful. He started 17 games this year. Bro, you couldn't go get somebody. Bro, hey, Dwight's in China ready to fucking shoot threes if you need him to. Dwight's available. Nerlens Noel is available. Like, as soon as I heard Nerlens Noel was available, I would have thought. Hassan Whiteside is home somewhere, and we still got Eubanks out there. Like, I, I and Carly really... Stein just got picked up. Yeah, Rockets gave him a ten day. Yeah, I Myers just... Leonard, Portland was on Portland for what's his career. He got picked up somewhere. The Bucks, I think. I I really can't fathom how you sit there for seventeen games. You watch Damian Lillard put up historic games and continue to lose and, like, don't really seem to understand why. Mm-hmm. Portland, again, yeah. talk about not changing. Mm-hmm. CJ McCollum leaves and they don't change. Mm-hmm. They upgrade the fucking roster. They downgrade the roster. They don't do shit with the roster. They just don't change. It's good spacing, it's a lot of jump shots, and it's no defense. And the thing is, a lot of the guys, they're another team that the players, I don't see a lot of mixing up of the shots for the players, right? Even if it is a lot of jump shots, 
Um, Shaden Sharp, like, barely ever takes threes. Barely. He barely ever takes any jump shots at all. He's really just dunks from him. Jeremy Grant only takes long jump shots. He rarely takes mid-range. He doesn't get any dunks. Anthony Simon seems like his only threes are like breakaway layups. Um, uh, Diable's only threes are breakaway layups. It's no, there's no like mix-up to anybody's game other than Dame. And that's only because Dame has the best range to ever play basketball. So he's shooting half-court shots and layups. But no one else has any variation to the kind of shots that they take. Not only the shots that they get, not even the shots that they take. They don't even go for any other shots. No mid-range, no elbow pull-ups. Like you said, there's guys who never go to the basket. It It, it is kind of strange. Um, I'm just really disappointed that it's – they, they got a new coach, Chauncey Billups. I mean, you know, there's not many guards who know the game better, who played at a better level. And it's like he's yeah. doing the same shit Terry Stotts was doing. You know, they're playing to me as if, like, they're waiting for somebody really good to get back from an injury. Like, when I see them play, it looks like... <laughs> that's sick. It looks like, like a that's team that's... Sick. You know what I you know that yes. luck when you watch a team play, like when the um Clippers don't have Kawhi and Paul George is out there by himself, it looks like they're just like doing what they can. Somebody's playing out of position, like filling up somebody's spot because yeah. they know somebody's coming. And Portland has no one coming. Like Nurkic is not gonna play that much different than Eubanks. He's a lot better, but he's not gonna do like a whole lot of different things on the court. He's another guy. Um, great skill, low impact. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, man. Uh, Damien, he's a better man than me. You know what's cause... crazy is I, I'm because they're so fun to watch. I would love yeah. to see them in the play-in. Yeah, but I think they're the only team other than OKC fighting for a play-in spot that's going to get four zipped. If they get into the playoffs, especially yeah. against Denver, they're yeah. getting four zipped. Like maybe one game will be close. I would agree with that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Memphis is not gonna let them touch a game. No. No. I I mean it, it would have to be it would have to have like Damien getting sixty would be the or seventy would be right. the only way. Right. But Maybe D- it's Dame, possible, Dame, but it would have Dame to be is such Dame a goal. He might steal one. Yeah, but it's like That's it's a it. gentleman's sweep. What the fuck? Like, there's no difference. Yeah, it would be a gentleman's sweep no matter what. No matter what. Yep. Well, I again, you're right. They are fun to fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. Damien is fun to take over. His like watching his takeover games is more fun to watch than. Anyone's taking the games in the league right now? No, 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 no. There's, there's one definitive name that's better, but maybe oh. he'll too. Donovan. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Donovan is just, is just different, but it's, it's different. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind right, Dame. Right. Dame is probably second. Yeah. The only reason why Dame's is the only reason he's above everyone else is because mm-hmm. you never know, like when he's gonna take it. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, so nuclear. Not, 
two knock two of those down and like oh it's over for the night like we're done yeah but yeah <laughs> all right enough of the west let's get to the east yeah well did you have any more in the west no right no i mean golden state's playing great we really didn't deep dive them but uh like, they're like the modern day san antonio if if either splash brothers in the lineup they're gonna compete yeah, and and Clay oh, playing, fantastic. Uh, I I love it. Yeah, their their the rotation, good lord, I can't even watch it, but they're playing just awesome. Even the guys that I hate are playing better, like uh, Kuminga. You hate Kuminga? I just think he hasn't played well, or he hasn't like uh, done anything uh, consistently, and I like know. he's actually stepped up a little bit. Like Divincenzo yeah. has stepped up a little bit. Looney stepped up. Kaminga is one of those guys that has mixed up his shot attempts and it has worked for the team, worked out for the team so well. Mm-hmm. Like now he's taking mid-range pull-ups. He's getting all the way to the rack. If he's wide open for a three, he's taking it. You know, he's getting some floaters. Like he's hook shots. He's doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. It helps the team. It helps the spacing of the team. Makes him move a little bit faster, I think. Um, and Poole really needed this stretch of without Seth and uh, Wiggins, but he really needed this, this stretch because now him and Clay are starting to have some kind of chemistry. Mm-hmm. They're finding each other. Poole is, is getting to spots better and um, being choosier with his shots. Yeah. I mean, it's it looks great. Clay, it, back, like Clay back. by himself is an easy guy to play with. With Steph, it becomes a lot, a little bit more complex. Uh, yeah. but just when it's just clay, like you can just see how easy it is because he's just moving. Mm-hmm. You know that's his biggest thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But who will still be six man? So hopefully he'll be coming. There is there is one other team we got to talk about. I forgot. Uh, you're right. The L.A. Clippers. What a team! What a squad! They are. Uh, what have they done in their last? They're four and six in their last ten. Oh, and nice. three with Russ. But they are no four, four oh, game four. losing streak. Four game losing streak for the Clippers. Um, they acquired Russell Westbrook with the buyout market after he was traded around. Um, they also acquired Bones Highland in a trade, and they acquired Mason Plumley. And Eric and, Gordon. Oh, and Eric Gordon. Was Mason was Plumley in a trade or did they just pick him up? I don't remember. I don't know, but that's the best pickup. Yeah, it is by far the best pickup. Eric Gordon, I know, was in the was in the trade for John Wall. So um yeah, man, Plumley has looked fantastic. I love it. Uh like uh, elite, like elite games. He came right mm-hmm. in. Getting like a career high in rebounds last night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hey, he's been killing it. All trash can free throw shooters should be put on notice. Like a drastic change clearly can help guys. Yeah. I mean, to to shoot up like 20% just by changing hands. Yep. I couldn't even imagine. Like, I, I'm I was really impressed when they showed that stat. Yeah, man. I mean, it it is possible, and, and we've seen guys 
Uh, Drummond improved his free throw by a lot. Um, Tristan Thompson, I believe he switched hands at one point, improved his free throw shooting. And Plumlee only did it in his – this is great, man. I mean, people – they they don't want to foul him all the time now. Eighty seven percent free throw shooter right this second. Oh my it's god! For the Clippers. But uh, I think when Zubac comes back, like they have some genuine full full time size. Yeah, that to me is probably the only like significant positive we could talk about right now. Are you starting Zubac or Plumlee? It honestly doesn't matter to me. But who would you start? I would start Plumley. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But like, I'm not mad if Zubac because Plumley is likely going to get in early more than Zubac will. Either way, I would let I would start Plumley and tell him to be more aggressive, use mm-hmm. his fouls, right? Because when he like actually goes for every block, mm-hmm. like you know, he's one of he's a really good shot blocker. He's one of the best bench shot blockers in the league. Yeah, and um, he's I been think a, good a lot of times, yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of times he's afraid of getting foul trouble. Like when he, the team really needs him. Um, like Charlotte, he was their really only center on the roster, so him getting in foul trouble was dangerous. But for this team, no, use your fouls. A lot of times we go four guards, four guards, um, and one forward anyway. So, you know, just go out there and try to block everything. Um. But yeah, he looks he looks fantastic, fantastic. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Westbrook. I, what do you I, think? What is it, Tyloo? What the fuck are you doing? Like, honestly, bro, th- these last several games, I'm questioning mm-hmm. all the all the credit I've given Tyloo. I. I never gave Tyloo credit, so I, I don't have to. But I've I've been seeing that a lot. A lot of people have been questioning. Listen, listen uh, Russ, love. Russ, like starting him, I think is idiotic. But I get it. Like, yeah, I get it. I still, it's idiotic, and it'll it'll get you set home in the playoffs really early. Mm-hmm. Like, like first round, regardless of who you play early. They don't really have a point guard on the roster again. They're back to that. <laughs> Listen, I, I can flame Paul George for calling Russ a floor general when he was com- when they were trying to get him. Yeah. Which is just the, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> I wonder if Russ even looked at himself as a floor general. But Ty Lue, okay, I can forgive starting Russ and in a month being like, you know what, no. Or in a week being like, you know what, we're 0-7. Like, same shit as the Lakers. Lakers started off 0-5, like, and they were like, you know what, Russ, you got you to gotta help us out here. You're, you're, you suck. Yeah. Respectfully. He's and- been averaging four turnovers a game in the last four games with them. Like, it, did you not learn anything from what the fucking Lakers are doing, Ty Lue? Yeah. I, I can't fathom. You, not only are you starting him. I mean, I was raging texting you yesterday. Why would you let him dictate all of your possessions? Yeah, it's like, 
the dumbest point guard in the league and you're letting him dictate every shot? Yeah. How stupid can you be? I never thought I never thought I would say this in my life. Like, please pass Kawhi the basketball a little bit more. Yeah. Please, he... please run a little more plays for Kawhi to actually touch the ball. Well, I I I also Ty Lu a little bit of bail. But then the problem the problem with playing Westbrook is he has to initiate the offense because he can't shoot well enough to ever be off the ball. I mean, right now, last night he was 0 for 9 on jump shots. He's shooting 20, 28% from three and you know, 50% from two, but that's, you know, probably layups and dunks. Um, Listen, and if you watch the, the game, ball is even if, worse. He doesn't cut, he doesn't screen, he doesn't do anything. I mean, Golden State showed you that any team with a competent defensive game plan will send these guys home in the first round. Yeah. I look at Golden State without Stephen Curry will take these guys to seven. Maybe less than seven. They might win it, too. I'm, I'm thinking they would win it, yeah. Especially if Maybe game seven's in Golden State? Oh, God. Wait, with Wiggins? Oh, yeah, it's over. I'm talking about yeah, Golden it's, State it's... right fucking now, starting bum-ass oh. DiVincenzo. Oh, I got you, I got you. Yeah. Seven without Iguodala really playing. Yeah, Iguodala and Wiggins. It goes to six Golden State wins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, can't believe sure. I cannot believe a team like they're they had problems with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard before, and now they yeah. brought in other problems, and they decided yeah. on top of starting a guy who is the dumbest point guard in the league. They started a guy, the other guy, who hasn't been on a competitive basketball team in like three years. Mm -hmm. When was the last time Eric Gordon went up against starters? I mean, he he started for Houston sometimes, but, you know, it's... I didn't see it. Not in a winning effort. Right, obviously not. Yeah, not for not for wins. He's not a just, uh, contender starter. I can't no, believe, I and I can't, and the trifecta of stupidity because you're starting Russ, which is stupid. You're starting Eric Gordon, which is to me even more stupid. Mm-hmm. And you bring in Bones Highland with Terrence Mann. Like, why would that? Why? How did you even think of that as a good idea? I, I mentioned to you during the game, I thought that was just a weird, a weird And problem. it looked awful. Yeah. I, like Ty Lue's coaching backwards. Bones. Like, I understand he's had a hard time playing Bones, but, but the roster he has, it shouldn't be that hard. But just, you know, Bones is a one-man kind of game. He's you put the shooters out there, and you just give him some space. He kind of plays like the more immature version of the Kyrie and Luca kind of game. Just mm-hmm. set him the screen and get out of the way, and he'll figure something out. They're like let him just create a play. But when you put him out there, and he has to actually run offense, he has to actually pass the ball and get people involved. 
he was out there with um with Paul George at one point, and Paul George had the ball. He's not off the ball, like you know. Yeah, unless up. it's like Jokic, who's one of the most gifted passers ever. Yeah, and Jokic actually, I mean, and on his him the Jokic ball, like look to get there was him no the floor ball. general. Yeah, there's no floor general on the court when they don't have a floor general on the team. There was no floor general on the court with Bones and those other guys, so it kind of threw it on. Jokic is a floor general for the Nuggets, but you know he's probably their only one. But Bones out there is just really awkward. Um, it's an awkward rotation they're doing. Uh, Westbrook, you know, this year has been a really rough year for Westbrook. Obviously, nobody really wants him. Uh, him and Paul George, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I get they're trying to find that spark that they had in OKC that was, it looked really nice, and Paul George is playing the best. Um, Russ hasn't been that player in coming up on half a decade. He hasn't been that player, and there's another player. Like, they didn't have a Kawhi. On that team, who everyone else thought was, who everyone else thinks is the best player on the team, on that team, Paul George was the best player on the team. It's like a, it's a completely different dynamic, you know. It's, it doesn't work the same. It's not like a one for one situation. Two completely different situations. So, you know what, man? I, I, I think you're discrediting how dumb, or you're not crediting enough to how dumb Russ is. Because it goes beyond the fact that he was no, 0 of 9 from perimeter shots. Okay, tell me more. Clay Thompson was going attacking him off the dribble. Yeah. Listen to what I'm saying, my basketball yeah. fans who know what I'm talking about. Clay Thompson is one of the worst dribbling guards in the league. He is. And he was attacking- his best games of his career. Have been have set like records for the least less amount than of twenty dribbles, dribbles. less than twenty <laughs> yeah. total dribbles. Literally, he sets records for the least amount of dribbles every year. And he was attacking Russ relentlessly off the dribble. I know you saw it. Yeah, he was. He was taking Russ baseline almost every time. Bro, like you can't start a guy like that. I know, again, I'm giving yeah. you a pass because you really don't have a better – like, you're not putting bones out there. He's, that's the disaster. Right. But, but you had the blueprint. Ter- throw in Terrence Mann, give Paul George the ball, and we're fine. Yeah. Why? Ty Lue, why do this? Why create a mad, like, scientific experiment with this rotation? Still not sure why they let John Wall go. So off on that. One of the biggest mysteries of the year. Yeah, they couldn't figure that out, and it it didn't look bad. It never looked bad. Again, I don't understand. Like, I never thought they'd go from Kawhi being too like too much of the centerpiece to Kawhi being like a limited role player again, but he's not even getting the ball. Right. I just again. If you're gonna start Russ, you have to find a way to make him a cutter. Mm-hmm. Have but to, and they're not doing that at all. I get that he, he has, has space. to be able to be. Yeah, but Draymond he was a good cutter in Houston. He was. Good I've seen him cut on the Lakers, man. Mm-hmm. But to me, to me, you just can't. You got to put Terrence Mann back in there, and I think. 
I think uh, Russ and Bones Highland could play better together, honestly. I think so, too. Yeah. It won't look pretty, but it, it's two guys that are ultra-aggressive. They're going to look for each other. Again, because I'm sure they're char- character-wise, they're similar how they attack. Like, yeah. Terrence Mann looks trash with playing with Bones Highland, and he looked like a, a perfect role player in the starting lineup, and you just changed that. I, Ty Lue's aversion to having a real point guard on the floor has finally come to a head. Like, it's, it's finally, like, showing on the court for everyone else. Like, for obviously, for me, I've been saying that for the last – however long Ty Lue has been coaching basketball, I've been saying it. Um, uh, for the Clippers, I've been saying it even louder. And, you know, he finally got one this year. I didn't like it, threw it in the trash, got a new one that isn't helping them at all. And he doesn't even know how to do it. Like, I, I don't know I, I don't know how you could play point guard and not know how to maximize your point guard as a coach. Um, I feel like there's been other point guards in the past who literally only knew how to maximize the point guard. Like, coaches, like, that's literally all they could do was say, all right, I play point, but I don't know how to do anything but make sure the point guard is a beast, and they do it. But it's not really Tyler's game, and he, he – there's a – when I watch the Clippers, I see a uh, a level of non-committal to, like, anything. Like, they don't really commit to Paul George being the ball handler. They don't commit to Kawhi being a role, you know – accelerated role player they don't commit to Kawhi being the go-to guy they don't commit to a big man they don't commit to any of the role players like Covington got in in garbage time last night a year ago he was starting so I don't I don't really know I don't really know what's going on it's like every game he it just feels like he's just trying stuff every single game I felt like this since he's been coaching the Clippers that's why I made it clear I haven't really been giving him all the credit other people have. I think he was in a really good situation in Cleveland, and that's good for him. But I mean, you know, you know what's funny to me is you you meant you listed off all the things you don't really like, like the things they don't commit to. Yeah, and yet they committed to play, playing Russ as a floor general. So far, so far to throw away four games. And yeah. however many games he continues to try to play that. Yeah. And the thing is, it looks like he tell like Ty Lu tells him to do that. And then Wes comes out there, tries it for two possessions, and then it's like Paul George's Paul George has to just still run point at the end of the day. Like Yeah, you I, said it. You said it. They don't quarter, commit. Yeah. Mid second quarter, Paul George is back to the point. That's what I'm saying. And it's like why the blueprint has been there. Like you said, they don't commit to Paul George being the full-time ball handler. Why not? Yeah, like, I don't know. What the fuck, Russ, though? What do you mean? I'd rather – you might as well commit to Kawhi at that point. At least Kawhi will get better fucking quality shots. You'll have less yeah, turnovers yeah. with Kawhi. Because he won't be passing. <laughs> right. Your role players don't know what the fuck is going on anyway with Russ out there. Yeah. Evidenced by how confused Bones Highland looks. He looks completely confused. And how trash Eric Gordon looks. 
Eric Gordon thinks he has Lillard range. He just like takes it from anywhere. He thinks his Six hezzy's feet behind the line. He just too. jacks it. Huh? He thinks his hezzy's like unstoppable too. It's my guy again. It's not four years ago. He has like the he- the basic hezzy you get with your vibe player, like the yeah, the head fake, like <laughs> super head fake hezzy. <laughs> yeah, no VC heads, uh, no VC hezzy. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I just I I understand yeah. you're trying to like space the floor with Eric Gordon because Russ can't do it. But again, you can't. The guy who can't space the floor will always get exposed for not being able to do that. Yeah. Like, there's no scenario where you put a guy out there and hide the fact that he can't shoot. No, you can't do that. Which is just, which the Lakers taught the basketball world, hey, guys, Russell Westbrook's jump shot is really fucking broke. The thing is, we're and again, we're talking about two and this is no disrespect to Ty Lue, even though I kind of just disrespected him. We're talking about two pretty inexperienced coaches. Um, like, Ty Lue, you know, Ty Lue's been in situations where he didn't always have all the all the real decisions on the team. Right. Um, at least it didn't seem like that. Maybe he did, but it didn't seem like it. So, to me, he's pretty inexperienced when it comes to like what to do with all these guys or how to play all these different ways. And he seems like he really likes to just likes to try it and like be like one of the guys that says, Oh yeah, I did that. But you know, it's it's not always that easy. And um And again, you know, for for what? Showing. For the entire so now this is the what fourth year PG and Kawhi are gonna go to the playoffs. Probably, yeah. Maybe even fifth year. I don't even know. But let's just say fifth year. Have they had an identity any of those years? Yeah, they have. Including this one? Two really good players. They just had two good players. I don't don't trust them to stop anyone. No. I mean, they, you know, Paul George essentially admitted on a podcast the other day that, you know what, we've really tried everything with Jokic. We just can't stop him. Which he ain't fucking I lying, listened. I can tell you that. I part of me I haven't listened to it yet. Part of me doesn't want to listen to it because I feel like it would just make me mad at some points. Well he's a so. lot of it is him crediting Jokic, but like it it was just like admission of defeat to me. I don't like him admissioning uh, it was the day after he the day after he destroyed them. I don't like him admitting defeat because I think Paul George is better than everyone else does. So it'll make me – it probably will just make me You might think uh, more more of Paul George than Paul George does. That's what I'm saying. That's what's going to make me mad because I'll be like, oh, yes. I actually thought you were good. I thought you could lead a team to the championship, but because I'm the only one on the planet. I wasn't thinking it was me and you, Paul, but now maybe I'm the only one in the world that believes that. So Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I still think. Look, I still think the Clippers are are dangerous wild card, regardless of where yeah. they're going to end up. Yeah, but I'll I'm not taking them seriously until Russ doesn't start games and Russ doesn't close games. Anywhere in the middle, play him starter minutes if you want. 
You could take him starting, but not close. He, he can't not he close. Can't. That fucking uh, the Minnesota game it was. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that was the first game I think, right? Ew, I'm not first sure. televised game maybe. Might have been. Yeah, a, I, know what you're I thought talking. the the shootout was the first one. Which one? The Sacramento one seventy six double OT. Which yeah, that one? That it's like it. th- that game. Your team is lights out. You don't even play Russ in the in the like late in the fourth in the overtimes. I think he fouled out. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he fouled out, but. No, that was the first one, and that one was really bad. But two players, again, another team with two players getting 40. Again, I I can't trust him to get a stop when Malik Monk could beat them by himself, okay? I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Clay Thompson and Poole beat them them by themselves yesterday. They didn't have they didn't have their best little little bit of uh, Kuminga and Looney help sprinkled in there. If you're the Clippers and the other team doesn't have their best wing defender, you should never lose a game. To me, they really didn't have anyone. I mean, like Clay plays good defense, but you know they really didn't have somebody to stop Kawhi and Paul George. Like they they never should have someone that can stop Kawhi and Paul George. But if Wiggins was there, I'd give it, you know, Wiggins. How about you, guys, how about we tell that to the floor general over there who's chucking 0 for fucking 9, has no clue yeah. what he's doing with four turnovers. How does he even turn the ball over with that much space? He was just throwing into the stands yesterday. Again, trying to hit a, a full speed spin move, bro. Every time he tries one of those, it's disgusting. Yeah. All right, let's get to the East. But yeah, we got to talk about the East. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the best team in the East. The New York Knicks are on 9-1 and one in the last 10. I love it. I love it. The best squad in the East right this second, other than the Bucks, who are like, won 17 games in a row or whatever, something crazy. 16 games in a row. Yeah. Second best team right now is the Knicks. Um they acquired Josh Hart, who has looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, I would say that uh, Julius Randle is solidifying being the best power forward in the league, best true power forward in the league. Um, and, man, I mean, their top seven right now has just looked fantastic. And they haven't been all the way healthy either, but their top seven has looked great lately. Um, they play hard. They outplay teams. Uh, how effort teams move the ball well. Guys get shots like where they're supposed to get shots. Unlike most teams, I just I look at these teams like, man, it's a great shot for him. Every single time down court, I think everyone, you know, Randall takes some kind of wild shots, but everyone else, the shots that they get, I, I always look and say, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good shot for him. He can make that shot. They can take a lot of high percentage shots for their players. Um. What do you think about the Knicks, man, going into the playoffs so far? I'm. It's really two things that that have impressed me just a really crazy amount is their defense has looked awesome. Yes. Uh, very in sync. They rotate very well. They communicate well. They uh, 
they they have a good feel of like what Utah used to do, where kind of they kind of funnel guys to the big to get more blocks to kind of dictate the next rotation, uh, and they just like work hard, <clears throat> which is what a lot of teams don't do. Like I'm again, we're getting to the point where all games are important for seeds, and teams aren't taking defense seriously still. Yeah. The Knicks have been locked in defensively for the last month, every game I've seen. Mm-hmm. And and the second thing, um, and I was thinking about it the other day, I forgot to tell you, but over the summer I was playing in parks a lot, and so I was talking to a lot of um, like random people about free agency moves and, and pickups. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of people who kind of, there's a, a large portion of the basketball world that laughed at the Knicks for getting Brunson. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's another, oh, well, Donovan didn't pick him. Another year of the Knicks settling for the second or third option of, of some guy who's not that good, who they paid too much money. No, he's as good as advertised. He honestly, he looks a little underpaid to me. Yeah, for what he's doing for the Knicks, yeah. And it's like, it's not that, it's kind of what I talked about with Kyrie, it's not that he's that good. He's just Mm -hmm. one of the highest IQ players in the league as far as his own game goes. Yeah, he is. Like, he, he never takes bad shots. He never, like, can't create a good shot, it seems like. Mm-hmm. He's all, he never settles, even though he's small. He's, like, That's one of the most say, physical really guards settled. in the league. Again, he's small, and he's bullying people to the lake to get layups. Yep. I honestly can't even really tell you, like, what about him makes him hard so hard to check. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, bro, all those people who who were like really laughing at the Knicks as if it was like a joke signing. Yeah. Bro, he's elite. He is. And and you know, I at first I was a little bit I was, you know, thinking about the contracts a little bit differently when I first um first heard about it. I I probably would have been considered one of the people that thought it was crazy. Mm-hmm. But when I looked around the league and saw some of the other players that got that. I mean, like, Simon's got the same deal. I'm like, oh, if Simon's gets that, Brunson is definitely worth the $100 million or whatever whatever it was. I don't remember the contract yeah. exactly. But, I mean, people were getting similar contracts to his. Norman Powell got a huge contract a couple of years ago. Like I said, Simon's had a contract. And someone else got a huge one this year. And I'm like, well, I expect Brunson to be as good or better than those guys. And he absolutely has been. His impact has been one of the biggest impacts for yes. a free agent the Knicks have had in years. Years. Um, he he fits right in with the culture. Um, he's established know, he's, a better culture. He's established a better culture. He has, and you know he's he's someone like you mentioned. He doesn't settle. I think all those first points you said the not taking bad shots, the creating, um, creating from nothing, all that stuff is. Because he doesn't settle. Like, he doesn't get to a spot. He doesn't make the defense push him into a spot. If he can't get to the spot, he gives it up, and he moves it out the ball. He goes and gets open and tries it again. He calls for another screen. I've seen Brunson call for three or four screens on one possession. 
Mm-hmm. But he's just not going to take a bad shot. Um, yeah, he, he's looked great, man. He's looked great with Randall. He's he knows how to play good basketball. And you know what's weird is to Wright. me, I guess I can, I uh, kind of don't agree, but in a way, like he really doesn't have like chemistry with Randall. But he doesn't have to. But that's like I, I always kind of considered like they got to be able to you know star players got to be able to play together. But he was doing this yeah. with Luca. Now he's doing it with Randall. Again, he's such a high IQ player. It's really not chemistry that you need for him to thrive. I think when I say they play well together, it's they don't get in each other's way, which is imp- like really impressive to me. Yeah, and that's why to me it's it's big. Part of it is because Randall is so like Randall can do so much on the court, mm-hmm. like. And he Randall doesn't get enough credit for this, I guess, because he's in New York. But Randall plays literally every possession mm-hmm. in every position for the team. At one point or another, Randall's taking the most threes. He's bringing the ball up for. He's the best rebounder on the team. You know, uh, you know, he's in the corner, corner threes. Like he does everything. So for someone like that to not get in the way of a very ball dominant guard, a small guard, for them to set. Um, who pick and rolls, and both of them have their own spaces to work with. Kind of defies That's, basketball trends, honestly. Yeah, it does. It, it does. It, it just it just works because everyone else is so good too. I mean, they find um, really good spots, good pockets. Thibodeau's doing a fantastic job coaching. I mean, if Mike Brown wasn't on fire with the Kings this year, I would yeah. think Thibodeau would probably be next. The next pick for me, at least for coach of the year. But again, to me, to me, this nucleus was mostly the same last year. And I know there's like they were more injured last year. You know, Randall didn't play quite as well last year. But the Mm -hmm. the biggest X factor has been Brunson by far. Yeah. And he to me, really, he's not getting enough credit for for. No, he's probably not even a top 20 talented guard, yet he has top five to top eight impact. Yeah, and I, I will say, even though the, the nucleus is mostly the same, they were really, I mean, they're still young, but they were really young. Everyone was young last year. Yeah. And, you know, just that year of maturity for Barrett, for Grimes, for Mitchell Robinson. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Maybe not, but for those guys that to get better helped a lot too. But Quickly too. Brunson has been a huge impact, huge, huge, huge. Quickly's another guy who's gotten oh, uh, a little bit better. Yeah, Quickly's the other one. Yep, yep. He's he's getting more like his shots don't have to be so spontaneous as they did before. Now, see Quickly actually getting like looks that are for him. Yeah, he's he used controlling to be like, oh, his speed a lot better too. He is. Yeah, he used to come. He used to come in and like it seemed like he had to go look for shots, other people's shots. Like, oh, somebody came out. I need to go make up for them. But now it's like, oh, you have your own space to do your own thing. And um they you know what else I like about the Knicks? They got rid of all the disappointing draft picks. Yeah. Like Thibodeau, man. Get him out of he, here. If if it's not working, you're out of there, man. Out of there. I would I mean it gotta be terrifying to play for him because as soon as you stop playing good or you you know, you have a string of games where you're not fitting in oh you're done but the Boy, results yeah, are done. there Kimba, like done 
you know, he's to me, yeah. he's he's one of the few coaches who has the ability to like demand excellence and it like it actually be taken seriously. Yeah. And he's built that reputation of just having that identity, even that when the Minnesota teams were limited, he had them playing crazy minutes, busting their ass. Like he's been this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yep. All right. Uh, more about the East. Where you want to go? So let me ask you this: since you're uh, you led with best team in the East, uh, the clear cut two best teams that to me are just Usain Bolt sprinting away from the rest of the conference. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Is Milwaukee and Boston? Mm-hmm. There's really, I mean, you know. One and two, those two teams, I, I think it's kind of a lock that they're going to be in the conference finals. Um, yeah. Like, I think I think teams can touch Denver. I think teams could touch Phoenix, Memphis, Sacramento. I think they're very beatable by the the lesser teams battling for the play-in spots. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. To me, the, if outside the top five, it gets, it gets murky in the East, like, so top five. So we're so we're already down to three. And my question is, if you had to pick a third, who's the third best team in the conference? Legitimately, best, not your your favorite. Third best team in the conference. I believe, and it's, it's really not my hard. favorite. It's really hard because it's I, not my favorite. But I I would take the Knicks. I would. And the only reason why I say that is because I know what I'm getting from the Knicks every night, and I know where everything is coming from. Those other two teams, like, I know what I get from Embiid. I have no idea what I get from anyone else on the team. The, Cleveland, the I know is, what I get from – oh, go ahead. I just think Cleveland and Philly are so much easier to expose. They are. I, I won't say Cleveland is easy to expose, but – they they have a gaping hole, but not every team exposes the gaping hole as much as I think that they should. But yeah. they do have a gaping hole. But Philly, I mean, it's it's the the rotation is not there. The uh, the chemistry isn't quite there. Uh, they doctors you, you don't foul them. If you don't foul them, you have a chance of beating them every night. If you don't get in foul trouble. Because all they do is go for fouls for the most part. Embiid uh, and Harden—that's their bread and butter. And they're not getting those calls in the from, playoffs, right? If you take that away from them, they have a really hard time. Harden is either there or he's just MIA out there playing for the other team. And when it comes to the Cavs, I trust Mitchell, but I think Garland is still a little bit erratic. Uh, More than a little. Yeah, he he's still erratic. He still dribbles too much. He doesn't really take a lot of good shots. He gets some good shots, but they still get into this place where I don't think they trust Donovan nearly as much as they should. Whereas, like, and we've mentioned this a lot of times, Donovan doesn't get the ball. They don't try to get Donovan open. They just say, "All right, let's uh, Garland. This is your possession. You just do what you got to do." He's just not that good to do that. And, no disrespect to him at all. He's a really good player. He's an all-star, but 
He's just not the kind of guy that is your number two, like just go get a bucket kind of guy. Not to me, at least. Mobley looks younger. Looks like he gets younger every game that I see him for some reason. I I thought he was gonna get better and better and more mature, but he gets like like not even that good of guys that are mature players expose him. Like Deadman goes out there and like hits a veteran move on Mobley. He makes Mobley look like a rookie in the NBA. Um, I know what I'm getting from Jared Allen every night. He's going to block shots, but I, they can't really get Jared Allen involved on offense as much as I think he needs and, to and be. This is your leading into my point perfectly because I've watched full Cleveland games maybe like seven or eight times this year, and I don't yeah. understand why. Okay, they clearly don't have a wing, like a championship-level wing. Right. But to your point, Garland, Donovan, um, Mobley, and Allen. Now, Donovan is so explosive that I haven't I haven't seen him struggle. But one of those three other guys always finds a way to not be involved. Yes. And I understand Mobley because he's young, like you said, very inexperienced. His IQ isn't really getting better. His skills aren't really developing as fast as maybe we thought. Yeah, and one thing about Mobley, Mobley has to pick. As a young player, to me, in this stage of his career, he's going to have to pick whether he's going to be like an offensive impact player or a defensive impact player. Like he's like kind of having a C plus in both. Like he needs to graduate one of them to be like involved all the time as a defender or involved all the time as an offensive player. But, and right now he's not really – he's like straddling. Like one game he's good on offense, the next game he's good on defense, the next game he's good on offense. They either need both every night or one like great every night. Yeah. And he doesn't do great at either one. You and know, defense is the easy like option to pick. Yeah, it is. Because he's but on a contender. It, right. And, and it would be easier if they did have a small forward on the team thing is, even the guys that come in and play small forward that, for them are not really small forwards. Like, Levert's no. not a small forward. No. He's a good wing, but he's not a not a small forward. Um, Okoro, Stevens, I think, is shorter than Donovan Mitchell, and they put him at the three. And I mentioned this to those who've been listening to us for a long time. I went down the line of the Eastern Conference teams. All of them have a good small forward except for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, for that, I mean, I'm the Knicks. I'd say the Knicks is the next is the third best team. I just think they have a lot of firepower. They have really good depth. The guys that they put out there go and play hard. They, they will play harder than every team in the East. Even the top two teams, the Knicks will play harder. They yeah. may not have as much talent, but I know one thing for a fact, the Knicks are going to go out there and play harder than everybody. There's too many ifs on the other two teams. And I love okay. Cleveland. I've mentioned Cleveland since the beginning. I, 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 I think Donovan there. plays harder than New York does, but just Donovan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just Donovan. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I told you this. I, I really pray that Cleveland doesn't play New York because if, if Brunson cooks him again, it, it's going to be a bad offseason. Uh, 
I'll say, I'll say this: if Brunson cooks, they won't be cooking him because Donovan will probably have a ridiculous scoring, uh, scoring numbers in those in that series, and, and no one else will. So it probably will fall on Donovan's shoulders because he's driving the bus, as Barkley would say. But it won't. You know, real basketball players would know that the team just isn't. This is I don't know. Donovan likes to take the assignment for better or worse. But if he guards, if he guards Brunson, no, Garland can't guard anybody on the Knicks. I know that sounds crazy, but. And I was talking about it earlier. Like, that's kind of my thing with Cleveland going into the playoffs. Mobley, young, we don't really know what kind of player he is yet. There's no excuse for Allen and Garland, though. Like this yeah, Boston, this Boston game, Allen was invisible. Invisible, and and that to me is because you're you're putting Garland up top. You're not even running pick and rolls with with Allen. You're running them with Mobley. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not get Allen involved? And why do you just feed Garland the ball when it, he's m- turning more and more into an over dribbling guard? It's the I I don't understand. I don't know. So that's Donovan like, is the only guy who gets everyone involved every night. Yeah. yeah. And to me, like, you have to kind of figure out a way for that to be your top three players. Right now. And it has, But it has to be, like, when we step on the court, it's Donovan and then it's my it's Garland and Allen, whoever is, you know, eating that day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not saying, like, they have to be all-stars. But Allen should never. Allen is way too good of a center to be invisible. Yeah, he is. He's way too athletic to be invisible. Yeah, and he he had no impact. Yeah, aside from skill, he's too big. He jumps too high. He you know he's too strong to not do something on the offensive end all the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, who would you say? I just I. I trust Donovan's cape. Yeah. A tiny bit has. more than I trust the Knicks slight lack of firepower. Okay. It's fair. It's fair. And I, I probably do too. It's just I don't trust anyone else on the Cavs. And Garland actually makes me like physically ill watching him. That's why like bad. to me, New York at their best. Gets Cleveland out in five. Mm-hmm. Cleveland at their best, maybe wins Game Seven, maybe against the Knicks. Yeah, Cleveland at their best can't beat the Knicks. I mean, I'm assuming both teams are at their best, but oh, oh, I got you, I got you. <clears throat> I just, I think to me, it's six or seven for Cleveland. Like no matter how good they play, I got you. To, to your point, it's because of the other doubts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah. man, to, that Boston game. Again, I already saw the, the lack of a wing. But it, it was just like, I mean, you you literally like, Jason Tatum, please, please get out of your slump on our watch. Oh, no problem. Layups and ones with touch fouls, easy jumpers. I got you guys. No problem. Funny thing is, they beat 
Boston twice this year. I know. In both games, much earlier. Yeah, in both games look pretty easy for the Cavs. But at this point, it just they go like in overtime, team, man. Uh, yeah, I think one of them did. I thought yeah. they didn't both go to overtime. Maybe they did. Yeah. But I mean, that, I when I say it looked easy, it doesn't mean it was a blowout. But like mm-hmm. when when they won, it was you know it was a good it was a good win for them. It didn't look like they were. One of them did go to overtime, but it never really looked like Boston was playing well. You know what I mean? They were yeah. just like staying in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I don't remember exactly how the other one went, but uh, this game is just like it just looked like they looked at out there and said, "Yo, who can guard you out there, Jason?" And he just realized no one could, so he just went at it every time. I mean, Okoro, Okoro, like held up. The weak link was fucking like Levert is six nine. Yeah. He could at least try. Like as soon as Levert with a Coro, they're at least forcing Tatum into uncomfortable shots. They're forcing him yeah. to settle. I mean, as soon as Levert checks in, Tatum is not even really like attacking and getting anything he wants. Mm-hmm. And and you're not touching Boston if you're letting Tatum get anything he wants. Yeah. And I, I'll say this too: since those first two games, the rotation is completely different for the Cavs, and that kind of that kind of um, I should say worries me because I don't really care that much. But that makes me think differently about how the Cavs will look in the playoffs. I, I mentioned when we were talking um, during the game, Teddy Osman was more of a defensive assignment because he's he's a lot more he's a lot stronger than. Um, Okoro, he's bigger. Um, he's a better spot-up shooter. When Okoro got it in the corner, they didn't even run out there. They didn't even look out there. They just were looking to see the rebound because they knew it was going to be a miss. And, you know, not, again, I'm not saying Chetty Osmond is a championship starter, but there's just certain things that, you know, when they had love was different. They just had more weapons around the perimeter. They had stronger guys. They had guys that played a little bit harder than who they play now. And Dean Wade, he's cool, but he's streaky. I mean, you talk about stronger guys. Why the fuck is Robin Lopez laying there in front of the bench the whole game and ready to go? He was there. He was literally laying there. Laying there. I'm I'm assuming because they ran out of seats or some shit. Or maybe they didn't want to get stiff sitting the whole time. And at one point they they went small and had like Mobley out there at center and had no one guarding Horford. Horford lit them up again. Like we get back to coaching, JB. Why the fuck would you go small against these guys? Against the big, the biggest team in the East. Against prop by far the best perimeter defensive team in basketball, a team that has like nine matchup guys. Yeah, and you're playing it's- small, even though you're gigantic. I mean, they have they can put a, a lineup out there of all six, seven, and above. Goes to show, goes to show, Cleveland is it's much more trash that Cleveland couldn't find a way to make Markin a good player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had some moments, but they it couldn't keep Barely. it consistent. Yeah, it, it's just to me the biggest, the most trash thing. And I mentioned this on multiple occasions. I don't think I did on the pod really. 
them not getting a small forward and maybe arguably the best small forward trade deadline I think I've ever seen is just crazy. Like I said, Brooklyn got three. Uh, and then Crowder. The Clippers got everyone they needed and don't even know how to fucking use them. But at right. least they got the, the pieces they needed. The one piece that the Cavs needed, I feel like every team got one except for them. I mean, if if they got OGN and OB, we'd be talking about the top three. Who's the fourth best team? <laughs> yeah, we we good like, on the top three. Easily. Yeah. 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 They bro, did they, nothing, bro. They did nothing. Again, the Nets got three. Milwaukee got two. Uh, you know, you look around. Milwaukee hasn't lost some. a game in a month. And they're fucking adding pieces. Yes. Come on, look, owners, wake up, Cleveland, what the fuck? Phoenix got two small forwards, you know, the the best in the league. They got Terrence Ross. I mean, you could get, there's guys who aren't like great players they could have got to fill in that space. But, you know, I I just don't know. I don't know why they did nothing except for lose Kevin Love. They didn't even trade Love for somebody. They just just lost them. It was just crazy. Yeah. But. I, I just, I feel like they're setting up. I, I don't know if they could keep up with a team that defends well. Because I don't, I don't think extre- so. I, they get extremely stagnant. And I love Donovan, but, you know, I, I don't see him beating really anybody four times if they're stagnant the whole time. I think the only team they probably could, could beat in the top, in these the teams we're talking about is probably. Philly, that's the only team I think they really have a shot. All these other teams, uh, it's just that's because just don't Philly, have enough. Philly is the only one that's like even things they did well earlier in the season seem to be problems now. Yeah, they just win games purely on having you know some t- good talent. the most dominant player in the league. Yeah, you know, one of the most dominant players in the league. That's basically all they went off. Yeah, Philly. Philly over the last use month their depth has like regressed in every way. Yeah, they haven't used their depth at all. Is Daniel House is he healthy? I guess I'm assuming so. Corkmas, we I mean he hasn't played all year, so yeah. Doc Doc the is bench so... is like down to seven guys, maybe eight, maybe a night, and it's just Niang Niang doesn't miss a fucking minute. Nah, Niang goes gets his minutes. He gets his money's worth. For the sure. fuck, Doc? What what are we doing? How did you find? I I thought one of the best sleeper pickups was Melt Melton, especially yeah. when Maxi went down. He stepped in as a starter and was like an easy fit. Yeah. How did you find a way to make him look trash? He could barely get five shots. You think Milton should be a starter, though? I I, I honestly don't even know because they they're they're so <laughs> stagnant. Their spacing is so awful. A lot of times he, I think I mentioned this before, he plays well in spite of their awful offense. Yeah, he does. Like, bro, if I kick it out to you and you shoot a Lillard range three that's contested and make it, like that's a great shot. But we're not sustaining that, right? And I've honestly, I've been more impressed with Melton that he's got really good range. 
He could be a consistent shooter even without rhythm, which is a really hard skill to have. Yeah. And, and they find a way to make him look bad. You know what is strange to me in the throughout the whole league? Um, the best teams, like let's use the teams we mentioned: the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nuggets, um, and let's use the Warriors, right? Because they went to the finals. Yeah, none of those teams start like more than one six-two player on the team. Like, never. Like, Grayson Allen isn't, like, overly tall, but Drew Holiday is a big guard. Yeah. Um, Boston, Smart is probably the strongest guard in the NBA. So, he's I mean, 6'3", any... I think. Right. He's 6'3", but there's no one stronger than Smart. So, he doesn't – he's a different story. But no one else is under 6'9", in the starting five. In the starting five. Yeah. Um. And the Nuggets, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is like a center height playing the three, playing the two, He's whatever. Been eating, by the way. Shout He's out played to, fantastic. Shout out to Porter Jr. He's been lights out. He's played fantastic. Bruce Brown plays power forward at six, 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 five, whatever. But, you know, he's an, another one, super strong, super athletic. Like, this, these lineups that Doc puts out there with Harden, Maxi. Melton, Fate, all these guys, like all these guards in at the, at the same time, and then just Embiid or just Tobias and Embiid. Tobias is an undersized power forward. I, I just don't – this undersized ball is not the wave right now. This is not. Dude, I think of every team that's fighting or in the playoffs right, right now, mm-hmm. Doc, Doc has been the worst coach since the All-Star break. Of all those teams, yeah, you don't you don't count uh, Jock Vaughn. He's been pretty bad. No, you got me. You got me. There. I'll, give you, I'll give you Jock Vaughn because <laughs> we this we team both that is good though. We both thought they would keep pace, and they've just been losing. Yeah, they may be out of the out of the whole <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So while. I'll give you Jock Vaughn. Okay, you you can have that. But besides cool. Jock Vaughn. <laughs> Yeah, Doc has been the worst. Yeah, Doc, Doc, you you've lost, you've blown more leads than any coach in history in the playoffs. How do you yeah. still not make adjustments? How do you live with yourself not making any adjustments ever? Thinking, oh, it's a make or miss league. Yeah, if you're a fucking trash coach, Doc, and he lets Blake Griffin uh, roll him by saying that. Like, you know, no one is going to – I'm not going to let anyone, like, expose me like that by saying, oh, yeah, he doesn't make adjustments. That's his thing, He's isn't it? He's proven Blake right. Exactly. That's the thing. I would never prove someone right after someone tried to expose me like that. I would do the complete opposite. I would I would put in a whole another five every second half just to prove Blake wrong. Like, you know, I do make adjustments, see? Even if they lost every game, I would do something to make sure Blake wasn't right about that. And, and Blake, Doc does none of that. He didn't even adjust to <laughs> He didn't even adjust to Blake shading him. Like, like Doc! On. Doc, you're just sitting there clapping your fucking hands. I'm sick of it. 
I, I asked you, I asked you who the third best team in the conference is. That my problem is the answer should be Philadelphia by far. And we were between the Knicks and the Cavs. We were between the Knicks and the fucking Cavs, like easily. Yeah. Oh my god, bro! Yeah. I know I've I know I've complained about them like all year. I've also watched them more than any team besides the Wizards for some reason because they're on TV all the time. Bro, I feel like their last five games have been on TV too, like every game. And in Doc, they're on tonight. Doc is on national TV, just clapping his fucking hands. Doc, change your rotation. Tell Harden to move without the fucking ball once in a while, like anything differently. Yeah, bro, we cried about Tobias Harris starting off going scoring ten points in the first quarter and getting three shots the rest of the game, and that still yeah. happens all the time. Sounds like it's their game plan at this point. It, that's what I'm saying. Niang yeah. gets cooked. You don't sub him the fuck out. Montrezl got cooked. He doesn't play anymore. Mm-hmm. What? Where's the logic, Doc? Niang also doesn't rebound nearly as well as Montrezl. Niang also shoots everything, even though he shot the ball well. Like, yeah, that's that's an adjustment, Doc. Sometimes you need a shooter. Sometimes you need a rebounder. Yeah. Again, Niang is just cracking. I'm good enough to be in an NBA rotation level player. Mm-hmm. And you trust him more than Montrezl. You trust him more than Tyrese Maxey, who was a borderline all-star last year. You trust him more than Melton, who's clearly the highest IQ guard on the team? And of course, of course, Harden just fucking does whatever he wants. Yeah. Embiid does whatever the fuck he wants. You notice the Miami game, they lost with at full strength. They start mm-hmm. off the game getting cooked on the offensive glass. Yep. How do you... Phoenix, we consider Phoenix soft. I've never once seen Aiton out there to start a game and they get cooked in the offensive glass. Never. And yet, no matter how dominant Embiid is, and you talked about it, how he might be one of the most unstoppable players ever, Yeah, he gives up a lot of fucking offensive rebounds to bums. He does. Which is just sick. And it's not even like he gives – he's really not – that's like probably his worst – um, as far as skill, he's not a skilled rebounder for the kind of player he is for his center. I it's kind of crazy. He's not a skilled rebounder at all. He doesn't um, swim. He doesn't box out that well. He just like uses his height and that, you know, skilled rebounders don't do that. In which to me, we, we've talked about Jokic and Embiid kind of who, who's better. Like rebounding is really not a distinct advantage for Embiid. It's, it might not even be an advantage. No, they're probably even on rebounding. Because, yeah, Jokic, for as many athletic offensive rebounds that Embiid gets, Jokic mm-hmm. gets the, the the tap outs just as well. Yeah, and Jokic, Jokic cheats his rebounds sometimes because he'll get his own rebounds. Right, and like, he's <laughs> a strangely quick uh, – Paul George made the point. He's a strangely quick second jumper. Yeah. For, even though he yeah. doesn't fucking get off the ground much, but he'll get back up for some reason, like, really quickly. He does. Yeah, he does have a nice uh, pogo jump. And a lot of times he'll he'll hold you with one one arm mm-hmm. and tap the ball, tap it up, try to tap it in. He misses it. He'll have to tap it in again. He but misses also it. scoop it, Leo. 
Yeah, he'll get three rebounds off his own little taps, missed taps. Yeah, he's but, really yeah. him and Sabonis are really good at like tapping the ball. I don't know what it is with hands or whatever, but yeah. Back to Philly though, man. Like, there's no identity. The the rotation has gotten worse. Yes, Doc. Rotation is really bad. Doc, how you were winning games because everyone was playing earlier this year. Mm-hmm. They literally had a stretch where they won like seven, eight in a row. Thibel was playing. Corkmaz was playing. Shake Milton was playing. Where the fuck are these guys at? I mean, I know Thibel's gone, which now you can't guard anyone. What the fuck? Yeah. He's got Milton playing the three. Like you said, bro, the the, the nail in the coffin is playing Maxi, Melton, and Harden in the same lineup to me. Yeah. That is I, dumber it, than anything I terrible. talked about with Ty Lue. It is. It is. So bad, bro. Tobias is 6'10". Can he get a post up on a guard? Please. Please. Embiid, Embiid like, has the license to every post up on the team. Yeah. Montrezl, does, even when Montrezl checks in for his two minutes, he can't take advantage of a fucking mismatch because apparently he can't back down anyone anymore. Montrezl not playing is, like, is so bizarre to me. I just don't understand why he doesn't play at all. But Niang is always out there. I don't understand. Yeah. Then the McDaniels, who, you know, I think, like, he's built to be that, the token starter wing to me, just like his brother is. Doesn't, Doesn't really use him. He uses him as, like, a, as, like, a, breather spark plug guy only for him to come in there and get four fouls and in 10 seconds or whatever he did last night a, a minute and a half four fouls two offensive fouls it was three possessions four fouls he got the other night i just don't understand like doc i know that's on him to get the fouls but doc make do something all the time out. Get him out of the game after the third foul. So Reggie Miller is calling out the shots before they're getting taken, and you don't see it, Doc? Bro, Dallas no, that is one was... of the most predictable teams in basketball, and, and Doc made it seem like they're fucking – they're like the Warriors 2.0. Yeah. Did you get to hear Reggie doing that? Here A comes the step bit, back. Yeah. Here comes the floater. Here comes the right-hand layup. And it was just, they would just do exactly what Reggie was saying. And, like, how come he can see it? Doc, you can't see it? We've been seeing it all season, exactly what Luca does every time down court. He goes left, it's just step back. He goes right, he's going straight to the basket. If you stop him, he's kicking it to the left corner. And it happens over and over and over and over again. I, and, Doc, I, just... I mean, he, had to, he has the team to play that team. Like, that would be – that. I know I said it's a bad matchup for Philly, but it shouldn't be. But it was because of how Doc plays them. Yeah, and and I just think yeah. a, a major problem beyond Doc's just what the fuck are you doing coaching is Embiid and Harden are horrible leaders. Yeah. 
Embiid's body language sucks. He's always crying to the refs. Uh, again, he's he really gives just up aren't leaders to at bombs. all. They really just aren't leaders at all. They're not even horrible leaders. They're just not leaders. They're just not. not. Even, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I hope Harden understands if they get a, a spanked in the playoffs again, like, he, he's a loser. Like, these are Harden's yeah, last bad. years. These last playoff runs he's got, however many years he's going to play, he has to change the narrative and compete. He does. And he's still, bro, he still just disappears. He just stands around. He just throws guys the ball and says, you go do shit. My thing for Doc, Doc is a good dude. I don't think he's necessarily a terrible coach. Um, I think he knows the game pretty well. But the leader of men part to coaching at a professional level, Doc is just not He's just not there. But he's like, he's, he's close. Well, he seems to be regressing, but at his kind of best, he had like a level. Because I thought his best was the the early Clippers with Pat Bev and Montrezl and Lou Will with Tobias when they didn't yeah. really have a star and, and they challenged the Warriors in the, I think it was the first round. Yeah. Like, he could lead. I think he could do what Mike Brown has done with Sacramento. I agree with that. You know yes. what I mean? So like a young team, I think Doc is perfect for up to a certain mm-hmm. point. Doc is a perfect coach. But yeah, well, once you get into guys who have a little bit of power on the team, a little bit of influence on the team, that's when Doc is is washed. That's he when can't. he's done. He just can't. Because he... you look at. Okay. I just, he lets too much shit slide. He can't hold people accountable. And, and he just sits there like this, bro. I, I can't it's stomach it. What coach the claps their hands when the team plays like garbage? And the, the best teams he's had have all um, broken up because of personality issues. They're all, it's all been off the court problems. The Clippers. <laughs> Blake is knocking out assistant managers. Um, uh, uh, CP and Austin Rivers are are getting in fights. CP is fighting with Doc because of how he's treating Austin Rivers. JJ's in in on it too, and all that's carrying on. Let's go back to the Celtics. Rondo hates everybody. They don't. Uh, Ray Allen doesn't like anybody. Um, Garnett is talking trash to them. Rondo fights one of them. It's like. All this stuff happens under Doc's watch. I just don't understand. It doesn't happen on any other team. I don't know another team that I can pinpoint like all a bunch of off the court problems that they've had within every good team Doc has had, including this one. Like to me, the the adjustment for Doc, and I obviously think it's too late because he's you know he's a he is who he is at this point. Uh, but I think like the adjustment that. Golden State made from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Like that character adjustment that I'm not really even sure Mark Jackson didn't have because we ne- we haven't seen him since. Yeah. But like S- Steve is better at being able to kind of know when to settle things, know when to heat it up, know when to push the team. Like Doc, as you get to the championship level, 
mm-hmm. Doc just loses his voice. Yeah. Which is, I, I really don't understand where that disconnect comes. I honestly, if I had to guess, it comes from the fact that he doesn't make adjustments. Yeah. I think Paul George kind of exposed him earlier, talking about we just did the same shit. We didn't really do anything differently. Remember on the all the smoke? Yeah. We just yeah. we just kind of stuck with what we were doing. Never really, you know, oh, they're coming back again. Like, maybe we should change it up. Never had that. Like, right. players are looking at Doc when they're competing for a championship. Like, you got to help us make the final step. Right. And I think it's been too many fucking years he hasn't helped all these guys. And to your point, yeah. it's implo- eventually imploded everywhere. Yeah. Ben Simmons, yeah. too. Don't forget that. Yeah, I was going to say ben, the Ben Simmons situation. Ben Simmons, I mean, a lot of it is his fault, but Doc in- essentially initiated his destruction as a basketball player. I think so little of it is Ben's fault. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ben... You know, with the the one layup thing, that's not the first time, nor will it be the last time someone's passed up an easy shot. So, I mean, is that really worth talking about? After Golden the State, game? Golden State does that shit like almost every other chance they get. Bro, Looney, do you know how many easy layups Looney passes out? Looney like, could average like real starter stats if he actually looked at the rim all the time. Yeah, it, and you know, so it just happens. And um, is it worth talking about after the game as a coach? Of course not. And all the times that we saw Ben Simmons without Embiid look like top five player that's ever played, sometimes with his aggression, when Embiid is hurt, Ben Simmons come out there, headband Ben Simmons, had that streak of games, he was elite. But then he comes back, Embiid comes back, and, like, Doc forgets that Ben played that good before. And now – He's like, yo, Ben, you know, just give it up. And that this uh Embiid against five guys again. It's just like he, he doesn't adjust to how personalities change. He doesn't adjust to how guys get better over time. Um I and I agree. I, I think it is the they look for him to help and he's not there. And probably the guys who come up with something creative to do are the guys on the team. And a lot of times it's guys who probably don't know basketball better than Doc. I know. I just like, how can you say it's a make or miss league, Doc? Like, that's that's what casuals say. That's what Rachel Nichols said. That's what I'm saying, Doc. Are you kidding me? Like, there's few coaches who had the length of tenure just as a coach that you've had. Again, he just shocks me. It's like every time. I watch Philly. I'm like, how can they do this? How can they do that? Why are they? Who suggests this? Why don't they stop doing that? Mm-hmm. And and I, I feel like Embiid and, and Harden are gonna get all the fucking blame when they look bad in the playoffs. I don't think so. I think so I'll, I'll tell you that. now. I'll tell you now. If Harden is standing around and Doc is bringing him in the timeouts like this, I'm I'm blowing up your phone. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Like, bro, <laughs> like, I, I know. For, I know Sam Cassell is telling that guy, like, "Yo, like, let's get a cut. Let's actually come off the pick and roll and attack. Let's actually yeah. get the mismatch. Like, ma- let's swing it a little earlier." I don't see Doc ever doing that. 
I um and maybe Harden is not as easy to coach as he could be, but like still, if anybody should be able to talk to him, it's Doc. Green. And he has a, a amazing um coaching staff with Cassell, who's had plenty of years. Dave Yeager has had a lot of years of experience as a head coach. But I would I think it's dangerous even coming in like to try to get Doc's job. Like if I'm his assistant. I don't even think I would want to stay his assistant. I'd want to go be another assistant before I even went for a head coaching job because if you're walking into a team that he just had, it's still like it's a – I look through the years of, t- of teams that try to recover after him, and it's always this long period of adjustment of, like you said, of voice. It's just a long period of trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, who's who's got the ideas on this team? Who's – coming up with things for this team. And it is, it's tough. I I think it would be really tough, especially if I was there with Doc to come into that. So I do think this is Doc's last year with them though. Either way. They're not going to win the championship. Yeah. Make a miracle run, which nobody, I don't think anybody sees coming, but. They're one of the few teams that it's going to matter how they lose. It's just like even bro, even with the Lob City Clippers that he failed with, mm-hmm. like there, there would be these. I remember he would be so elite coming out of timeouts, and they would run a really good play. Yeah, JJ would get like a wide open shot. Yeah, bro, or they'd get outs. like Matt Barnes a great look. You know, they used to try a bunch of guys at at the three. Uh, yeah. at this time. <laughs> But, you know, you'd get a Blake, a nice curl. Maybe DeAndre gets, like, a nice baseline lob. You go high-low with Blake. Like, it it would be something like, okay, we we just got stagnant. We need, like, a little spark to just get a good shot. Like, commentators used to point out, like, shout-out to Doc, essentially, for coming out of a timeout and getting, like, an easy layup. Yeah. And you look at them now, bro. They come out of timeout and it's Embiid post up. Really? Yeah. A full t- a TV timeout that's like three and a half minutes long, and you couldn't yep. run a fucking play other than an Embiid post up. Right. It's just it's yeah. like it's like they're not even trying. Their yeah. team, to yeah. your point, they kind of play like they think they could turn it on. They do, and it's they could not be further from the truth. Especially not against their other East teams. And like the teams with their that defense mentioned. looking more and more suspect every month. They better hope they don't get the heat in the first round. I know. By the way, the one time they've looked good the last week without Embiid. Yeah. They destroy Miami. Yeah. Not, not saying there's any significance to it, but just saying – Maybe the ball, ball did move better. Yeah. And it's on the coach to when the player comes back to say, hey, we like what we did this last game. You know, we got to figure out how to fit you into that. You not know, fit I mean, that into you. I, I cried in the Atlanta series. Forget Ben Simmons. Doc, you can't play and bead 40 fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. And he's still, bro, he's still... Again, Montrezl checks in for a minute and a half. Even Niang, who he loves, doesn't really get to stay in long. 
I mean, uh, Reed, you still don't want to play Reed for some reason. I know, I don't get it. Reed looks good to me. How did you allow DeAndre Jordan to go out there and fucking be horrible, but Reed is like, something's wrong there? I just, I don't understand, bro. I don't understand why Philly looks exactly the same, even though their depth got better. They look worse. They don't even look the same. At least Dallas looks the same. Philly looks worse. They look worse. Which is bizarre. For that level of talent to get worse, I, I, I don't know who else to look at but Doc. What did they get for Dylan? Nothing? Clearly not. Nothing of significance at this point. That's crazy. Crazy. Dybul all of a sudden can shoot. Right. On a team with and space. Like... All of a sudden on a team with space, he's knocking him down. But with fucking Philly, when you get one shot a quarter, I would oh, break Jaylen that shit Daniels. too. Mm. Yeah, they got Jalen McDaniels for him. Mm. I forgot why. Jay, I forgot how Jalen McDaniels even got there. It was in that trade. Wait. Again, no, you got a defensive right. player. Your defense is still getting worse. I and the thing is, you trade a starter and you get somebody that you barely ever play. Like you're supposed to. All right, I trade a starter. Now I got someone that I feel like is can get some starter time. But Jalen McDaniels barely plays. I just hate having all these questions and like, I mean, honestly, I don't have a better response than what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Philly is good enough to be even the second best team in the conference, but stop. It. They don't play that well, and I I do think I mentioned earlier I do think they could beat one of the top two teams in a seven game series. I think it's possible, but you know it just it all depends on what kind of players uh, how the players come in that one, what kind of hard you get that day, what kind of Milton, you get how much minutes Korkmaz and Nguyen gets. Like, that kind of stuff all matters. But, you know, it'll be up to coach there. So. They're not better than Boston. There's no – at their peak – at the Mount Everest peak, they're not better than Boston. They're not better than Milwaukee. Not even close. Yeah, but you said they could potentially be the second best – or they could potentially be the second best team. No, no, no. They yeah they they could be I mean like as far as contending I think they're good enough to beat either of them in a in a series maybe but they they're not better I don't think they, I don't think they're better I think they could beat them but not with Doc no. not to me and I'm very excited to see who they get next because I know I know there's going to be some drama with you know Embiid and in the future. I mean, a lot of that is going to depend on how he plays. Oh, you mean after the season? Yeah. Who they get at coach? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I think, you know, a Mark ja- a voice that guys will respond to, a coach that actually changes things up like a Frank Vogel. It doesn't have to be, yeah. it doesn't have to be like the most elite name out there. Just, yeah. just the guy who's involved in the fucking game. To be honest yeah. with you, Doc only really stands up these days to bitch at the fucking refs. <laughs> yeah. Tell he me I'm lying. on his knees over there all the time. 
Other than that, he's fucking down. sitting there chilling with the coaching staff, talking about how they're not going to change anything up. Yeah, I don't know what they'd be talking about over there. Really dumb. How fucking trash half the roster is, even though it's their fault. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anything else in the East you want to talk about? You still doubt Boston? You still doubt Boston's ability to come out of the conference? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. No. When you when you say that, I think there's teams that have zero chance of beating Boston, but I. Like, I don't think Cleveland has really a shot. Um, everyone else under, obviously under Brooklyn, there's Brooklyn, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Washington, all those guys, 4-0, 4-0. The thing is, Boston just doesn't play their best so often. That's the thing. And it's all, like, self-imposed. It is. It's, it's self-imposed. It, it, don't get me wrong. On paper – if Boston plays their absolute best 100%, they should never lose, ever. They shouldn't lose 18 games in the season. Yeah. Uh, even if one guy is hurt, they really shouldn't lose. But they do because they often don't play their best. Tatum shoots like garbage a lot. They um, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown still lead the league in turnovers for any two players on the same team. Um, and that can happen at any time in the playoffs, even more in the playoffs. Um, you know, the defense is good, but it, it has its flashes as well because you can only play so good a defense if you're giving the other team fast break points. And that's what happens. They they take really tough shots, which yes. they can make. And tough shots mean normally long rebounds, and they don't get back. Because they're such a good offensive rebounding team, everyone's crashing, so they don't really get back that well. So I think there's teams that can capitalize on that. Like I, that's why I say I think the Knicks would be a really good team to capitalize on that because the Knicks, if they get a long rebound, they're gone. It's a, it's points, especially like someone Barrett, Brunson, those guys, they take advantage of that. You know, um, the turnovers, they take advantage of that kind of stuff. Uh, Miami takes advantage of that, but Toronto takes advantage of that. But do I think – I obviously think they're the favorites. The Bucks are really good, though, man. Oh, no, it's top two for sure, and either one could be one and two. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, again, it is all self-imposed for me with Boston. On paper, there's nobody in the league to me better than Boston. But no, the way I, they play – all the things you said, the problem is just like last year, which they had the same problems, only yeah. only Golden State, Denver, and Milwaukee probably are good enough to truly expose those flaws. It that's that's true. Those teams will expose them, will force them into that. But sometimes Boston just gives teams that. They just yes. dips them. But the problem yes. is while they're giving them that, like you talked about the Knicks. They could also be yeah. completely shutting down your offense. See, I don't see that in Boston like you do. I don't see Boston's defense being that great. Okay. I think on, they also get a lot again, of, on paper. Tatum gets a lot of easy opportunities because of their good defense. He does. Yeah, he does. The thing is, one-on-one, -on -one, when it comes to man-to-man, -to -man, like if I was a team that only did ISOing, like 
Philly does a lot of times, or like um Oh yeah, the, I told you the island basketball Dallas. teams cannot beat Boston. Yeah, ISO team you're Kevin have Durant, a really hard time. And Kyrie showed us that last year. Yeah. But those those teams that have guys who were unconventional players, like a Randall, um, like a Donovan, like the Bulls guys, those guys are real unconventional with how they play. Like Donovan is he plays point guard from the two spot. The, the Bulls guys play whatever position. I don't know what position anyone on the Bulls play team plays other than um, Vucevic. Um, those are the teams that usually give us Boston a hard time because it's really not a matchup thing. It's like a uh, whoever picks them up. And a lot of times it really doesn't matter who picks those kind of players up. They just, they still give it to you. Like Randall, like, DeRozan. It doesn't matter who checks DeRozan. There's no, like, one-on-one stopper for DeRozan because he's just that kind of player. Those are the teams that hurts Boston. But when it's like a, a regular team, like ma- you mentioned, I, it won't be Dallas, in the playoffs. No, no, no. I know the Bulls won't. I'm saying there's teams like that that figure that out, that can beat Boston, that expose Boston is not that great of a defensive team to me. That's all. But then, I mean... I don't know. They're I just think top 10. Boston, Boston could win every way. Any play style, At offense, their best, they can. defense. At their best. No, no, no. But they win more games playing not well than probably any other contender. Because they have so many guys. They have so I mean, many that's guys. Part that if... That's part of being a contender. Milwaukee does that also. Uh, Golden yeah. State's finding ways to do that. Look. But to me, those guys are different because it, it, Boston is one of a kind because it's not like um, Tatum can shoot bad, but because Brogdon and Brown play so well, like Tatum shooting bad could end up being in like easy baskets for them. Usually if Steph shoots bad, like really shoots bad, like as bad as Tatum does sometimes, it's not easy baskets for Golden State. It's easy to ask for the other team. Yeah. But Boston, sometimes they'll shoot their way, they'll shoot bad and end up playing better because they're getting second chance points. Orford's getting shots. Robert Williams is getting layups. Um, Jalen Brown is getting layups. But I don't, I never see it to me as far as like they lock up better. They're long and they're athletic, so they play good defense. I think they lock up better. I think they lock lock up up when their offense is not going well, too. No, I don't know. We'll I, I guess so. I guess so. That thing is, if they try to close game their way into the finals again, I don't see. I don't see it working out like it did last year. We're like, what they had like? They're gonna destroy teams, bro. They're not. They're not gonna be in close games every other playoff game. Like last year. Yeah, they're not. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't lose a home game until they face Milwaukee. Maybe last year, I think they broke a record for like the most overtime games in the playoff run, in the finals run. If I'm not mistaken, I, I remember that being a stat because, uh, or like most last second crunch time games in the finals run or something like that because like. Brooklyn, you know what's crazy is I trust them Miami in the clutch like more than every other team in the East, and they're not. I and they're turnover prone. 
Yeah, you I know, trust I, him in the clutch more than every other. I, I don't trust Giannis really because I'm not. I'm. I don't really know what Milwaukee's going to look to get. Huh. Uh, and then obviously Philly's a disaster. Uh, the Knicks spacing isn't great. Cleveland has gla- a glaring positional weakness. I mean, the other the Austin's- other playing teams just can't guard the the teams we've already talked about. Boston's the best in the clutch too because they make they can make the toughest shots. It really doesn't matter what shot they get. Like I just Boston as long is- as they get the ball, they have a, a good chance of winning. <clears throat> Boston's play second. style is the most complete of any team in the league to me. Yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd, I'd take Milwaukee, I just, but I'd take Milwaukee over them as far as place. I though. can't wait for that conference final matchup because it's it's looking extremely likely. Yeah, I mean. I'm serious. Is, I will be utterly shocked if anyone else is in the Eastern Conference Finals besides Milwaukee and Boston. I think I would, too. I mean, seriously, I like I the – any of the teams we've talked about would have to exceed our expectations by a mile. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the other teams would have to exceed our expectations by three miles. The Wizards got to exceed them by like 10 miles. Miami could do it, but no one else. Yeah, I mean, Miami I'm like talking about. Miles. Yeah, after, after the Knicks, Brooklyn, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Washington, Chicago. I'm saying Chicago because they're still really close. Yeah. Um, only Miami has a shot getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, Miami because they they I mean Jimmy Butler tends to uh, finesse the whole season and then remind us how good he is. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to pull some bullshit like that again. Yeah, he uh, will, especially because he's been resting more than ever this year. Yeah. And I'm not really on sure the, why the they're doing that. I don't know why they're doing that. I think I think they're another team that thinks they can fucking turn it on. The problem is they can turn it on because all Jimmy has to do is be more aggressive. I and know. Automatically, I, I, I really, team. I really hate how good he is as a basketball player because, like, he takes advantage of it like in an evil way. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Miami is really the only other team of interest to be in the conference finals. Yeah. No, no, no one else really. Uh, God, it, it just the, to me again, Denver, like Denver has looked great. Phoenix, obviously, but the gap doesn't look, you know, that gigantic between the other teams to me. No, they don't. Uh, no. But, but here, Milwaukee and Boston just are like in a different stratosphere than the other teams in the East. Milwaukee doesn't even have any like tough games. They may lose some games, but it doesn't look like any game is even hard for them when they lose games. Like, oh yeah, we just lost that one, whatever. Like they're just coast. They're truly coasting to me. Um, I hate that they got Jay Crowder, bro. I like Cleveland. Are you kidding me? And Ingles is like back, back. Ingles is like fresh. It looks uh, like like every they have like nine starters on their team. He's gonna be cooking like, Donovan. He's gonna be cooking Donovan, giving him like. A, remember, I used to do this. No disrespect. 
Not on Donovan. What you mean? Cle- who's checking him? Okoro? Oh, yeah, he may cook Okoro. He's not yeah, cooking Donovan well, straight Levert, up, though. Levert is getting torched. Yeah, Levert is getting torched. Uh, yeah, so I guess my point is the East. The East is not looking as interesting as I thought before. Yeah, because everyone, everyone got traded away. Basically, all the guys that we thought were going to make the East really. Uh, it's insane you know. that uh, the, actually those two teams also they were flawless before the deadline, and they still got better. Yeah, they did. Which I mean, I didn't think Muscala was was a good move, but he. He fits the spacing. He's a good like he's good at using fouls. Uh, he's a decent rotation big. Says so much about the rest of the conference that, like, no one else really even added a piece. I mean, like, Chicago got Pat Bev, Miami got Love, but you know. Oh man, I gotta yeah. give my shout out. Don't disrespect. Who? Oh. The Raptors got. The final missing ingredient, a starting center. Uh, that's Taco true. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I true. mentioned impact to start the episode. Not a lot of yeah. guys have had more impact than Pirtle. That's a fact. He has that's been, man. I, I trashed him. We've trashed him several times, you know. Uh, but he has been awesome. He's been fantastic for them. He's, I mean... Came in another, and just fit literally what they needed. Another the European big, like crazy. Uh, that's good at tapping the fucking ball. Yeah, he is. He is. He plays strong. Good they hand. give him space. He gives everyone else space. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. He's been solid. Siakam looks much more comfortable. Less of the like the Darius Garland isos, which are just sick when he does those. Yeah. Uh, less of those is always a positive. Yeah. Yep, everyone's getting more shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it looks good. Also, I didn't mention Atlanta got Sadiq Bay, which was a really, really solid yeah. pickup. Um, you know, they need a new – I mean, they just got a new coach, Quinn Snyder. They're going to need some adjustments. But um, Sadiq Bay is huge, huge upgrade from uh, – it really doesn't matter who they even started at the three before. I guess it was Hunter, but um, – I guess Hunter still starts, but Sadiq is just a huge piece to add because he's played great for Detroit. He does a little bit of everything, offense and defense. Yeah. So I kind of – I really like that. And he's another young guy. They got a nice young core still. Yeah. Atlanta's – bad they didn't get older. I was kind of worried about that. Atlanta's in a good spot, man. They kept John Collins, which was surprising. Yeah. Uh, But they – to your point, man, they have a lot of talent that's not really going away. Right. You know, and, they, and if it is going away, they're not just going to, like, lose all these guys. They're going to have moves to make, you know, pivots they could ideally target in the offseason or the deadline. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, I don't really have anything else for today, do you? No, that's it. We'll see what happens in the East, man. Don't get me wrong. I think Boston should go to the finals. Just wouldn't put my money on it. That's all. That's all it is. I I think they're the favorites, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on. Them. I guess I'm just pessimistic. 
Um, Do you think Western anybody Conference. takes him to six in the first two rounds? Be honest. First two rounds. Second round, probably. Okay. Second round, someone could. I don't. I can see. I can see the Knicks just because, like, just Tatum being stupid. Uh, more than anything. And you know the Knicks. If you're gonna outscore the Knicks, like you have to do it. You have to do it every night. And the Knicks actually, like rating wise, have a better defense than the, than the Celtics do. I believe it right now. I believe but, it. Um, the thing is, the Celtics they can outscore anybody. They can they can turn on their defense. Speaking of being able to turn it on, they can turn on their defense whenever they want. They can. They can. That's a credit to Smart, Um, by the way, who the more I watch the league, the more I he's clearly the best defensive player in the league to me. He's I mean he's been that way for me since I mean he's been that way for all of Rudy Gobert's (laughs) defensive player of the years. it's just crazy like he he literally he excels at every possible defensive attribute and i don't know what the fuck bam was talking about because i've seen smart strap and bead on a lot of occasions he's he plays as good a defense on the beat as bam does anyone including fucking bam yeah and he's six three so i don't know what the fuck bam was talking about smart blocks centers dunks you know, he, he's blocked LeBron's dunk. Um, he's stripped the best guards. I mean, he's smart. He's, just, he's elite. He's so elite. elite. Draymond is the only one I would say is maybe close. As far as, like, versatility? Just being able to do every defensive thing at a high level? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah. Bam, to me, is nowhere near the, like, the floor general that those guys are defensively. You know what I mean? Like those guys, you just see how they they tell the other guys where to go, like during the fucking play a lot of the time while something mm-hmm. is happening on the other side. Like their understanding is just crazy. Yeah, smart makes the whole team look like a different team on defense when he comes know. back. From they had, they had uh, like the Cleveland game, man. They had the Hauser strapping for a couple plays. I was like, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that is it for now. We'll be back next week. Um, talking more about that. Maybe a little bit of college. Um, see what happens these weeks, man. Every game counts now. Yeah, it's getting good. Every yeah, game we're gonna counts. get into more of the the playing teams that we didn't really talk about today. Yeah, yeah, because that that is is gearing up. Like they're playing really hard. Some of those teams. No, no. And the East is man, they're healthy, man. They're yeah, they're all those teams are going toe to toe. Yeah, they've been beating each other all year. Like they've had shootouts, blowouts, overtime, just everything. Yep, yep, yep. LeBron is out for three weeks. How do you think that affects the Lakers? We didn't talk about that. Mm. They're done. That's how it affects them. <laughs> yeah, if I was. They are done. You off air, but if the Lakers don't win, like I'll give them four games. If they don't win the games. I'm shutting AD down for the season. Like, I so mean, far. hey, they they won the the one game without AD. 
Right. But with AD, you never know. Let's say he plays the last 20 games. He gets hurt. And then misses the whole offseason. Maybe misses all of the next yeah, season. I wouldn't I wouldn't risk it. I, I'm with you. They're yeah, so trash. Like, for most of the season, out to sit AD. They're so trash. They're they're honestly, they're another team like uh Portland or OKC. They're getting fucking four zipped by anyone in the top four. I don't know about that, but yeah, it's it's a very good chance. Very good. I chance. mean, you can't even say you can't even say assuming LA is healthy. They don't even get that luxury. We know they that's, won't. That's the thing. If they're you know they're not gonna be fully healthy, but if they are, if they have LeBron, they always yeah, have a shot. They, they have, a shot. have a shot. It's but, still not a good shot. Yeah, they they definitely. I would take Portland winning a game over taking the Lakers winning a game. I'll say that. I'll give them that much credit. So I don't know if I agree with that, but fair enough. I would. I would just. I mean, it's it's the Lakers and Blazers are. I mean, it's the difference between them is not significant as far as who's better. I know, which is sad. Maybe a game, like their record says. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, We'll be back. Uh, Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time.